0: Palm Beach North podcast brought to you by the Palm Beach North Chamber of Commerce. My name is Noel Martinez, and today's guest is Grassford Smith. Grassford Smith is a litigation partner with Ackerman here in Palm Beach County. He's also the co-head of the Palm Beach County office. He's the past chair of the Black Chamber of Palm Beach County, the current chairman of the American Heart Association here in Palm Beach County, and most importantly, he is the incoming president of the Palm Beach County Bar Association, which I believe he's getting sworn in this Saturday coming up. So Grassford, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. It's an honor to be here. Well, I'm Thank so you. I'm so glad to have you. So I've gotten to know Grassford here. I've known you for almost three years. That's right. Really, have gotten to know you over the past year through our involvement with Leadership Florida. So Grassford and I um, went through the Leadership Florida Cornerstone class. We were part of this year's class. And that's a nonprofit organization that brings together leaders from all over the state. And um, not only do we make these unbelievable connections, right? Because we get to meet people that you probably wouldn't necessarily meet. But you get to learn a little bit about the state as well. And Grassford and I got to go through the program. And I absolutely loved it. Like, I, I thought you know we met and and made met some amazing people made some really really deep connections so i'd love to hear what you thought about the program
1: yeah no you you hit it on the head i mean i knew going into that program because i knew people who were in the program before that you're going to be meeting some of the most impactful successful leaders from around the state so i was already prepared for that and and understood that it would be a good networking opportunity as well and to, to learn about the state, as you said. What I wasn't prepared for was uh, the friendships that were formed. And you know just how much we got to know each other during that process. Oh, my God, yeah. And uh, I don't think I was prepared for the emotional aspect, <laughs> uh, you know, leaving that program, uh, you know, how that would feel. and And I think the authenticity that a lot of people showed in terms of you know personal challenges that they were going through while doing the program i thought that was something that that really meant a lot to me so what was your biggest memory of of leadership florida this year? well you know there's some things that we can't talk about there was a lot of things we don't talk about yeah yeah we're not allowed to talk about a lot of those things i, I mean it's it's so many i really don't wouldn't know what to choose i mean i i think every speaker from around the state really brought something uh, different to us i think one of the things that really i would say one of the more memorable aspects was the presentation we got about the changing demographics in Florida and, and the influx of folks from around the country and, and the impact I think that that probably will have on, on our culture and our business atmosphere here in the state. And, and you know living here in Palm Beach, I mean, there's so many folks come into the area. And so it was. It was nice getting to to learn a little bit about that, you know, during the process.
0: Is there is there anyone from our class that you really connected with? You're like, man, that person is just someone that I want to be in contact
1: with for the rest of my life. I could say that about quite a few people. Um, but as you know, you sit on the bus next to someone, your bus buddy. Uh, my bus buddy is someone. Her name is Anne Marie, and she's out of uh, Jacksonville, and and we just got a chance to really bond. Uh, she's also from Jamaica, or I think she might have hailed out of London, but she's a Jamaican background, and so we just connected, and um, I'm looking forward to to getting to know her. Her son, actually, is a lobbyist in D.C. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And so we talked about, you know, some possibilities for me to play a mentor role uh, to him, so I'm looking forward to, to that. But Anne-Marie, certainly, I think we, we just got a chance to really bond, but I could say that quite frankly, about a lot of people. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Like I've,
0: I could tell you that about at least 10. Exactly. You know, exactly. I mean that our class was absolutely amazing and, uh, we can't name one specifically, mm-hmm. right? Because there's too many amazing people.
1: So hey, you hung out a little bit more than I did though. Whoa, <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, I, you're a busy guy. It's so much. I. I, I was tired. Some of those nights I was tired, but uh, it's the best experience. Uh, I would recommend it to anybody. Well, you night. know what? You'd, you'd, you'd
0: laugh if you knew this, right? But I really don't stay up late at home. Like I'm a 8.30, 9 o'clock in bed kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And then I'm up at 4.35. But when you know when we were together, like our group, I only get to see these guys w- once a month or every other month. That's and true. I just wanted to spend as much time with that Absolutely. group as possible. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so I'm really not a night owl. Trust me. <laughs> I'm really not. So is there anything that you will say man that stuck with me something that's gonna that you're gonna you got out of that program that you probably didn't know before
1: you know i, I think and i'm going to harken back to this you know life is about relationships and i was just telling somebody else that you know based on the relationships you have and how you can use those relationships to benefit other people right um having influence to to help people in ways that can really change their lives Uh, what I really got out of that program was just tapping into a group of people who genuinely care about each other. You have a shared experience. And my expectation is I'll be able to call on you, Noel, you'll be able to call on me, and we'll be able to to really impact and change other people's lives. So for me, it, it was that real true authenticity. And I understand now better why uh when people are telling me you got to do this program I understand why because it, it's really that you know yeah. that, that that real connection that you don't get with some other groups that quite you know you you may go to a board meeting and you're there for an hour and you're gone but when you're with someone all day long and you're going through something you know a process it does change you in a way that I think you know i really enjoyed it so let's talk a little bit about work. So you work for a huge law firm, one one of the
0: top 100 law firms in the U.S. Um, I forget what article I read that in, in preparing for this. And in your career, you've represented some Fortune 500 companies, some municipalities. You've even re- represented a major league baseball team. So yeah. thinking back
1: in your career, what's been either the toughest or
0: coolest case that you've ever been a part of?
1: Yeah, as you said, I mean, I think what I like about my job and love about my job, quite frankly, is, you know, you, every case is different. You really get a chance to to engage with a client, your clients, learn them, learn their business, learn the issue, the problems. And so no two cases are alike. So I think in some ways, you know, choosing between clients or cases almost like picking your, your you know your your favorite child I mean there's aspects of it that 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 makes it difficult but I, I'll speak about two in particular uh, when I was a, a younger lawyer um, in New York City that's where I started my 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 practice um I did a case pro bono where I represented uh I call her a grandmother who was living in housing projects and she was facing eviction because her, grandson who was residing with her was caught with marijuana. And so this grandmother who was living in this facility for decades was now facing the real possibility that she was not going to have a home. And me as a, as a relatively new lawyer, um, passed the bar not that long ago, was able to uh, represent her and negotiate a deal where she got an opportunity to stay in her home. And that was something very early on that showed me that, you know, the position that we're in as lawyers, you know, we're able to give back and, and change somebody's life in a real uh, meaningful way to them. I mean, where you live and you can't get any more meaningful than having a home. So that's an example of something that that's different, but it's also a way to sort of give back. Uh, the other example I'll give is uh, probably about 10 years ago or so, uh, I, with a team of lawyers, we represented Patrick Murphy when uh, there was an election challenge made by Alan West about some irregularities in, in the voting and whatnot. And so we were in all you know this, this protracted battle. We were going different court you know rooms here in Palm Beach County. You know, I even ended up at a, at a vote counting facility. Uh, it resulted ultimately in, in our client's favor, but it was just a lot of intense hearings and, and, and understanding that that case in a real way was going to determine who was going to represent the people. So, you know, we wanted to make sure that the law was being observed, of course, and, 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 um, and thankfully our client ultimately got the result that, that, that he wanted. So,
0: you know, I, I tease you all the time, right? I think um, you're, Constantly, I'm seeing stuff in the news on LinkedIn, <laughs> on, on Facebook. That you win all kinds of awards. I mean, let's see. You're 500 leading lawyers in America by Law Dragon, one of the 500 most influential executives in Florida Trend, which their editor was in our Leadership indeed, Florida class, of indeed, course. Indeed. Um, top 40 under 40 for the South Florida Business Journal, top 100 national black lawyers. You're a Florida super lawyer. Corporate executive of the year by legacy magazine. Like, man, there aren't anything, is there anything else out there to win or be acknowledged? Uh, So, I mean, it's super impressive how many honors you've received, right? How have these achievements changed the way that you practice law? You know, I
1: think I'll put it to you this way. It it is nice in any, in, in everyday life to feel like you're being acknowledged uh, for what you do. And um, I think what you just read are, you know, some examples of feeling validated, feeling that the work that you're doing, um, you know, has some meaning uh, in terms of being recognized. But, but a lot of times for me, when I when I get these honors, um, I really use it as, as fuel to say, okay, you know, uh, I need to make, work harder. Uh, It's not something to really sit back and rest on your Lord. It's about what more can I do? And so um, I made a decision a long time ago, Noel, that um, I didn't want to be the type of lawyer that would just sit back in the office, go to court, go back to the office and go home. I wanted to be the type of lawyer that was going to be involved in the community, in the bar, making an impact. Uh, and and using my God-given talents, uh, you know, to do that, and I've found that it's been rewarding uh, when I've been able to go out and do things. And and of course, again, it gets it gets recognized at, at times. And quite frankly, and and you know this, there are many people out there that may not get recognized who are doing some phenomenal work. And so, what I try to do in my everyday life, and 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 events and things of that nature is if I know someone's doing something if I can find a way to 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 spotlight someone else for their great work I'll use my platform to do that and I think that's that's pretty important last thing I'll say on that is when I was in law school I learned about a lawyer his name is Charles Hamilton Houston you ever heard of that lawyer no I haven't so Charles Hamilton Houston is called credited to be the father of the civil rights movement. So he advised Thurgood Marshall, I'm sure you know about Thurgood Marshall. Mm -hmm. And Charles Hamilton Houston has a quote that a lawyer is either a social engineer or a parasite on society. Think about that. A lawyer is either a social engineer or a parasite on society. And when I heard that quote, it really, in a way, it did something to me. It got me to thinking, okay, how can I be a social engineer? How can I not be a parasite? It's by giving back. It's the the case I told you about with the the grandmother. Those kind of examples, you know, you have so many great organizations here in Palm Beach County, you have the Legal Aid Society, you're familiar with. You're on their board too, I think. on their board, they they do phenomenal work. The Urban League, I'm on Mm -hmm. their board as a a general counsel. The Q81 Foundation with Anquan Boulder. I mean, there's so many Folks here doing phenomenal work, and if I can use my talents, my legal talents, my my ability to solve problems, to assist those organizations to to make a difference, that's how you become a, a social engineer. So it's really been something I took to heart a long time ago, and and I've been living it out ever since. I'm writing that down, social engineer. I love. Or a that. parasite on society. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. So we. You're
0: super involved in a lot of different things. We talked about it when I introduced you. You've got various leadership roles throughout the county. And I want to talk about the Palm Beach County Bar Association here in a second. But how has that helped you with your growth as an attorney? All those leadership roles, right? So again, incoming president, uh, president-elect of the Palm Beach County Bar Association. You're chairing the American Heart Association. Um, you were the past chair of the Black Chamber where you did an amazing job there. How's that helped you with your growth or how's that changed the way that you practice law?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I think for one, I mentioned this before we are in, we are all in, no matter what business you're in, you're in the relationship business. Mm -hmm. So the more people that you get to know, who get to see you, your authentic self, who get to know you and what you're passionate about, and get to see you use your skills and ability to move agendas forward and, and missions forward, it creates opportunities. Uh, you know, uh, Quite frankly, I've gotten clients' relationships because of people who've gotten to know me through uh, the work that I do. So everything that I do, no matter what it is, the, the first question I ask myself is, do I have passion about it? Is there something about that cause that 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 group that I can really you know grab my arms around and and my heart is attached to it in some way and if it is and there's an opportunity to serve where I have the time to serve then I pursue the opportunity and I think just a lot of good comes from that and and you know it's not necessarily planned uh I get asked this question well okay is there a is there an end game to this? You know, uh, do you want to run for office? Do you want to? I was going to ask you that. Yeah, and was... I've got I've, I get that question all the time. I, I had someone come up to me and said, "If you ever run for office, count me in as a as." A, and I get that type of, you know, those comments all the time. Uh, I, I'm not doing these things with 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 that in mind. I'm not ruling it out, but it's not the goal. It's just that there's a passionate and and those relationships of people, you know, one way or another will impact, you know, the the work that you do. And I think it could be law. It could be something else. I'm sure you have the same reaction in terms of your community activities, right?
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I do it because, you know, I I want to get engaged. I want to get to know people. I generally get invested in people. Like when I meet someone the last question I ask you is what you do for a living, right? I just want to know who you are. Tell me about your family. What are right. you passionate about? And uh, to me, I mean, that's that's really helped me get to where I've where I've gotten, you know, in my career. Indeed. So that's me. So let's talk about the Palm Beach County Bar Association. So how do you become the president of the Palm Beach County Bar Association? How does that work? It takes a lot of years. <laughs> <laughs> so um, does somebody pick up the phone and say, "Hey, Grassford, I want you to do this." Do you have to? I mean, it's an elected
1: position, correct? it, is, it is, Indeed it is. So I moved to Palm Beach County. I was living up north, and I moved to Palm Beach County essentially about the end of 20, 2007. And so I became involved in the Palm Beach Bar around 2008 uh, when um, you know I joined some committees and just got to know the Palm Beach County Bar. And let me make this comment, I, and I'm I'm saying this, I'm being unqualified in, in this. We have some of the most, some of the best lawyers around the state and judges right here in Palm Beach County. So for me to be involved in an association of lawyers that are ethical, that are highly skilled, that find opportunities to give back, is something that you know I wouldn't have missed uh, that opportunity. So I got involved doing committee work and at some point, someone encouraged me, you should run for the board. And I ran for the board and got on the board. And so uh, you serve a, a fixed term on the board. It's, it's normally two years. And then you have to run for a reelection and get your seat. And you kind of just work your way through until it's your opportunity to run for president-elect. And I ran for president-elect. Thankfully, I was uncontested when I ran. Uh, and so now I have an opportunity to lead this phenomenal group of lawyers. I think we have approximately around 3,000 members here uh, in Palm Beach County, you know, representing every practice area you can imagine, tremendously diverse. And it really is, um, in many ways, probably one of the biggest roles to date, easily, that I've taken on. So are you, you know, do you have any major initiative? How long's your term?
0: It's a one-year term. It's a one-year term. So Indeed. 12 months from now, because you're, you're going to be sworn in here on Saturday. That's correct. 12 months from now, you're going to look back. What are you going to be most proud
1: of? Great question. Uh, you know, I had been looking for inspiration really uh, over this last year because one thing I wanted to do, you mentioned the Black Chamber, is when you do something, you want to be able to look back and say, I left a legacy. I, I left an imprint on the organization. I think I did that for the Black Chamber. And so oh, you, I was- You definitely did that for the Black that. Chamber, yeah. I appreciate that. So I was looking for you know, inspiration for what can I do that you know, years from now, uh, the members could say, okay, Grassford, you know, with the rest of the board, really did something that impacted uh, the bar and the community. And so I decided after having various conversations that I wanted my theme to be quality of life is a key to happiness. That's my theme. And so what we're going to do over the course of this year is we're going to have a focus, a laser focus on issues that impact quality of life for our members. Example, mental health. A lot of folks understand uh, the degree to which mental health is an issue that plagues a lot of us, but in in, in particular also lawyers. So we wanna bring and and have a focus on on, on that. And so we'll bring some speakers in and, and point folks to resources that may be available. Uh, something that I know you know about is a housing crisis here in Palm Beach County. And so for example, if you're a young lawyer working at the state attorney's office, And you're you're, you're not making, you know, big law firm money. Can you afford to live in Palm Beach County and be a prosecutor or be a public defender? Can you live here, you know, with the cost of living being what it is? You know the answer to that. I know the
0: answer to that. It's tough.
1: And so there are people who are looking at these, you know, issues that really impact the quality of life of our members and so I've already been having conversations about trying to focus on that topic and bring that in, that information to our members and the resources to our members so that they're aware of, of what they could take advantage of. Because what we don't want is to lose good people, good talent here because they simply can't afford uh, to be here.
0: You know, and this issue is not just in the legal industry. I mean, Every industry across the board's having that issue. Indeed. I mean, that's the number one issue. When we survey our, our members, hey, you know, what keeps you up at night? What's the most important thing to you right now? And it's it's housing that's affordable. Because, right. I mean, none of their employees, none of their teammates can afford to live in Palm Beach County.
1: And and lawyers are not immune to that. Yeah. I mean, not everybody, again, is making, you know, a great big salary. If you're, if you're a public servant, which means you've decided that you want to use your talents to serve the public, you should be able to live here in Palm Beach County and be comfortable. And so that's one of the issues that we intend to to tackle uh, this year. And so there are a lot of, I mean, I can I can really go on and on about this, but when you ask me, what do I want to do? I want to focus on the issues that are really affecting our members. and And I think a couple of those I've mentioned already. So career
0: rise, so you are you know a, a partner at a major major law firm. You've accomplished a lot at a young age. I think you're younger than me, Grassford. Slightly, slightly. <laughs> Dang it, maybe slightly. Oh man. Um, but um, you know, so what? Looking back, how proud how proud are you of yourself and where you've where how far you've come along?
1: You know, that's a great question. I mean, there. If I called your dad,
0: your mom or dad. And ask them talk to me about your boy. What are you most proud of? What do you think they're gonna say?
1: You know, I think that's a, that's a that's a question no one's ever asked me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you credit for that. I think as a parent, you know, you just want your kids to to be good people um, that have high character, and and I think in a way, you know, serve other people and give back, and so. I think that they're probably most proud of just the kind of man that I am fundamentally, you know, putting aside awards and, and, and titles and things of that nature. I think if you asked them and you sort of broke it down, they they would sort of break it down in, in, in that way. Uh, so that's, that's the way I think you know about it. And, and for me, you know, a lot of times I don't, and this is sort of a, I don't want to say a character flaw, but it's something that I, I have to work on, you know. I don't oftentimes stop to smell the roses, you know. I, I accomplish one thing and then I'm looking at the next thing that that I want to charge in and accomplish. And I think it's important, you know, for us and for the audience, it's important that we allow ourselves a space to to sit back, you know, thank God for all our blessings and 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 realize that, you know, it's really – ultimately god's grace that that you know keeps all of us you know you know in the way that we are so um i think i can do better about really stopping the smell of roses and that's something that i know i'm working on actually
0: so let's talk about your parents so you're you're jamaican Indeed. Right. So, tell me about your parents. Where? What? What are they like? What were? Uh, what are they like? Are they still around? Or are they still? Like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, thankfully,
1: like, okay. thankfully. And in fact, they will both be here on Saturday. Awesome. When I get installed. So, um, you know, my mother, uh, growing up, she was actually a hairdresser when we were in Jamaica. And when she moved to the United States, she became a nurse's aide, and then she became an LPN, then she became an RN. And then she started her own business. Then she eventually got a doctorate in in ministry, and and uh, for a time had a church where she pastors, and and is on a radio show. So I've watched. Oh gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I've watched her, you know, growth, and um, she puts on these these phenomenal events in Broward County. I'm normally there, by the way, passing out tickets or doing whatever I can at the door to help her. Uh, but she's a tremendous example of um, grace of, of hard work. And so, um, thankfully i get an opportunity this Saturday. Um, you know, my goal is to bring a little tear to her eye when she, when she, uh, understands, you know, what I, what she means to me. My dad actually is in the Jamaican army, was in the Jamaican army. That's wow. where he retired from. And, um, at night, you know, uh, he ran a taxi, you know, to make ends meet. So, you know, he was someone who, you know, very early on, his insistence on on education, even though he lacked uh uh a lot of formal education. In fact, I believe he didn't go past the sixth grade. We would have known that growing up because of just his intense focus on education. And and I mean that infused, you know, my sisters and i and, and and all of us in our various ways are are doing doing well. So, you know, we're blessed to just have two two great parents that that's still here with us and still learning from them.
0: So, once two sisters? Two sisters, yeah. Two
1: sisters. Were you guys born here? Or you were born in Jamaica. We were born in Jamaica. So, I moved um um to the United States uh when I was 11. Okay. And
0: they're older than I am. And you grew up down in Broward County? I did. Down in Broward County, went to Boyd Anderson. We were talking about that earlier. That's mighty Cobras, not too far Cobras. from from my high school down in Hialeah, only about a thirty minute drive. Um, so you grew where in Broward
1: County did you grow up? Yeah, so um, if you're familiar with Broward County, you have a lot of hill, a lot of hill Lakes. So we we lived in both areas, uh, and um, and you you know this if you live in Broward you pretty much stay in Broward. You know, I really went to Dade County. I almost never went to Palm Beach. What's Palm Beach? Back then I didn't even know what Palm Beach County was. No, let me, (laughs) let me, let me, let me make one sort of parenthetical. When I first moved from Jamaica, I actually moved to Boynton beach That's the first place I ever lived in the U.S. Uh, and I lived there for about a year and a half and then I moved to Broward and that's where I finished middle school and, and, and high school. Um, and so very little exposure to Palm Beach County. So when I moved back to Palm Beach as an adult, it's sort of like learning this whole landscape here in Palm Beach.
0: What were you like as a kid? Like, what were you like in high school? Were you student government? Were you in sports?
1: I mean, what were you like in high school? The funniest thing about me, Noel, is with all of the stuff that I do now, if I were to ask you, if you thought I was in student government, what would you say? Oh, Yeah. 100%. Student government, yearbook, all that stuff. Totally. Involved Um, in everything in school. And that complete opposite. I was, I, you know, went to school, you know, did well, but I was playing basketball after school or I was ran track at Boyd Anderson and cross country, but was never involved in, in, in a lot of the extracurricular stuff outside of athletics. And so it's kind of interesting kind of way things have gone. And the the bug bit me actually in college when I was at Florida State. My second to last year, going into my last year, I became the president of the association for my major. And and that was sort of the start of me being involved. By the time I got to law school at NYU, I was just, I was incredibly uh, involved. But as a kid, I would say, you know, in every way, you know, normal, you know, everyday kid, I wouldn't say I was, uh, you know, again, not sort of overly involved, as as some people might expect I was. All right. Florida State, then you went to NYU. At what point did you meet your wife? Uh, We met actually in high school. Okay. Um, And um, we didn't date back then, but that's when we met and uh, then reconnected you know, on my way back to Florida.
0: So Grassford has the most beautiful family. I mean, he really does. Like the all-American family. Um, so you, you met your wife in high school. You reconnected. Mm-hmm. Your kids? How old are your kids? 14
1: and 11. Four, boy and a girl. 14 and, a girl. and 11. My boy, my, my boy is 11. My girl is 14. Are, what are they like? Are they are they like you guys? I mean... I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so funny. If you have kids, especially if you have more than one kid, you realize that, you know... They, they all have their unique personality. And um, you don't want to force, you know, someone to be anything other than what they are. You and I have talked about this yeah, before, about you know, our kids. So, yeah. so, so, you know, my daughter, you know, is is more introverted. My son is a lot more extroverted in, in various ways. Uh, but, you know, besides sort of the personality traits, they're just both phenomenal kids and and again as a parent what you're trying to do is to uh you know instill in them values that you hope will last them you know a long time god forbid when you get to that point when you're not here that you invested something in them that 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 they will be able to um you know you know live quality lives and i think that's sort of i think every parent once is for their child to succeed and and be good people and high character. Uh, you know, I don't think as much right now about you know I want them to be a lawyer, a doctor, or this or that. It's more so the kind of people that that I want them to be. So, you know, we talked a little bit about work-life balance,
0: right? How do you do that? Like you're everywhere, and every time I talk to you, you're traveling somewhere else, or you're in New York City, or you're you're, you're tra- or you're in Tallahassee. I mean, you're everywhere. You're on top of leading nonprofit organizations and industry associations here in Palm Beach County, how do you do all that? Like, how do you manage being a dad, being a husband, um, being a good son, you know, uh, being a good leader.
1: Right. And then on top of all that, you got to work. Right. So, so how, how do you do all that? It it's tough. And, and I mean, it, it's interesting because I've, I've been thinking about this topic so much so that, that I, mentioned to my firm that I wanted to write an article about this topic. I haven't done sat down and done the article yet, but I'll make sure I share it with you uh, when I do, because I think balance in everything, in life, is key. And so, you know, I I do try to make sure that I carve out time for family. and, And for me, family time is normally the weekends, you know, I, I, you know, unless something is particularly important, um, I'm, I'm trying to relax and and spend family time over the weekends in particular and, and, and working as many evenings as I, as I can, you know, within, within reason. So, you know, that part of it is okay. Of course, you know, you want to leave time to exercise. You want to, um, do those kind of things that I think, if you don't have physical health, you know you don't have anything. And 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 having some kind of an outlet that um, you know something that you do that you enjoy that that just sort of recharges you in a way. And I've had different hobbies, you know, uh, over the years. Um, one that I have that that I'm not even sure you know about this is several years ago I became a USA boxing official. I do Did you know that no. No, that is so, so cool. I had lunch with someone who an actual judge who was act, was doing uh this uh boxing work and I found out what I needed to do, which basically was to to study a lot of materials and take actually what was a pretty difficult test and and go through a background check and all of that and and then get trained in how to be a judge and how to be a referee. So uh, for the last several years I haven't done it uh, lately but I'm actually licensed to to judge and ref boxing matches which I've done you know in South Florida and so you'll see me in my shirt and um, I'm in the ring or I'm, I'm at you know I'm, I'm on the side of the ring you know judging and and boxing has always been something that I've always, enjoyed my dad, um, uh, box a bit, you know, in the army. And so, you know, I sort of picked up the love. So that's an example of something that I've done that is, is an outlet, but I want to tell you this, the work life balance conversation is a work in progress. Uh, it's not something that I've figured out, you know, there are days and I'm going to tell you something you'll identify with. I get so many emails, the email traffic I get is insane. And you're so worried about missing that one email, that one voicemail that, you know, would be, you know, impactful. And I've missed a couple of emails once in a while of voicemails. I'm not going to say I'm perfect, but I try to return emails quickly. I try to return voicemails quickly. Um, but but we just have so much coming at us. And so we have to be intentional about having a system Uh, that we use to kind of organize our day, you know, when you check emails. um, uh, Tell me about that system because I'm sure there are
0: a lot of people out there would love to
1: know how someone like you could handle all that. Yeah, I I mean, I I tell you the days when I feel Mm -hmm. most productive are the days when I either left the work a little later just to make sure I, I did all my emails or I get up early and I do the emails because what happens is when you get to work, you're dealing with, all of the unexpected things. I'm sure you can identify with this. You have a plan for what your day looks like, but then you get to work and your day looks a little different. If you're battling your emails during that, it's a little difficult. So I try to, when, you know, uh, when there's quiet time and there's no phone calls and and other things going on, I try to attack my emails and try to get it down to a, a reasonable level and organize emails according to things that I need to respond to and, and, um, and not. So, you know, I have a system that I, in in that way that I use. And again, I don't want to suggest it's perfect, uh, but it's certainly been working for me enough where I've been able to, to make an impact. And what I do with these nonprofits that I get involved with is you have to pick your spots. You know, I think every nonprofit has, something that they're doing that your skills, your abilities align with. So you don't have to be at every single thing, but, but you figure out the thing that you enjoy the most, that you could be most impactful and, and you pick that thing and then you invest in that thing, you know? So for the American heart, which you mentioned, you know, they do an executives of heart challenge where we fundraise, and and so, you know, that's been something that I've um, uh, been able to do. And uh, depending on the organization, some organizations have great staff that you can rely on, but others, frankly, may not have, have as much staff that you can rely on, so you end up having to do more yourself. But again, you know, if you're intentional about it, um, you know, that it works out. And I'll make one last point on this topic, and this is something that I bet is difficult for for the both of us. Um, learning to say no. Oh Lord, I can't. I've gotten better. I I am actually I'm better at saying no now than I ever have been. Yeah, it, it's a, it's difficult. <clears throat> and I, I'm I'm better now than I ever was. I think there was a point at which, you know, um, I just wanted to say yes. Particularly if it was something that I had some that had some resonance with me. I want to say yes. Uh, but you understand that if you take that one additional thing on, it will impact some area of your life. You know whether it may impact your 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 sleep time or 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 your work time or something else that that it may diminish. So you have to be constantly evaluating the cost benefit analysis. There may be some some things that you're asked to do that. The benefit is just so great that you'll have to take short-term hits in terms of your time and your stress level because you understand that it, it's just, you know, so you, it's just impactful. So you're making those decisions and sometimes, you know, you don't have to say yes right away or no right away. It's okay to say, okay, let me let me think about it. Let me look at what I have going on and see if I can, this is something I can do. And I think people will appreciate more when you say no um, than if you say yes, but you really don't have time uh, to commit. And again, I'm not suggesting I'm perfect in this regard. I mean, I've had times where maybe I bit off more than I can chew, but I'm getting better at it, as you said. And, and uh, it's something that it's really, again, a work in progress. It, it really is a work in progress.
0: So we've all had people that have really made a big influence on us in our lives. You know, sometimes when we're younger and until this, you know, you and I get to meet some really great people. Indeed. So who has made the biggest influence on you in your life? I think I know the answer to this cause you might've been talking about her earlier, but I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but who, who's, who's that been maybe as an attorney, maybe personally,
1: maybe both, maybe you got someone, you know, on, on, that, that's influenced you on both sides. Again, it's sort of one of those, like, pick your favorite child questions, because I think God places different people in your life at different times. 100%. My goodness, Uh, you're so right. and, And so I've gone through times where there may be a person I haven't spoken to in quite a while, but then I'm going through something and then I... I engage with them and for that particular time frame, they become incredibly important. So I can literally pick so many people that would fit that bill. I'll talk about one now briefly. I had an opportunity to work with a former colleague at my previous firm, his name is Scott Hawkins. Um, he is a former president of the Florida Bar. Um, we worked a lot together tried a lot of cases together and so we just by virtue of being in the trenches working together so much you really get a chance to to learn people especially high intensity high stress environments you get to see people really for who they are and, and he's been someone who I've been able to rely on to uh, give it to me straight to be an encourager but also give it to me straight I think and I mentioned this and I'm going to mention this in, in my uh, speech I'm going to give at Board Anderson on, on Sunday, that a, a real mentor isn't someone that's going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to tell you what they genuinely believe is best for you. And sometimes it, it really is not what you want to hear. And maybe you might disagree, but but at least it causes you to reflect and potentially make adjustments. There's someone at my, my current firm, and there's, again, there's so many people I can talk about, but there, there are folks at my current firm who I can talk about at length, who for various reasons, again, working with them daily, learning from them, and being inspired. Uh, and a lot of times, what it does for me is I think about, you know, I have these people who are pouring into me. What can I do? pour into other person. I had one of my mentors at my firm, his name is Michael Marsh. He said to me, the way that you can thank me for what I've done, what I'm doing is by helping other people. And that's, that's something that, that again resonated with me, right? You get poured into, and now you're pouring into others and it sort of becomes a, 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 a chain, if you will. And, and it, it becomes, you know, deeper, richer, longer, et cetera. And um, that's how to address that question. So, last
0: question, because sure. I, I could be here all day with you, and uh, you're such an interesting guy, and you're like a brother to me. So, you. Um, if you could go back and talk to Little Grassford Smith at Boyd Anderson High School senior year, what kind
1: what kind of advice would you give him? Yeah, I think part of my personality, I tend to, you know, I can be someone that worries a bit. That that is so, um, almost could be ambitious to a fault at times. You know, wanting to control how things will go, when it will go, and, and you can identify with this as a as an ambitious person. That that you have to give yourself and 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 trust the process. Uh, uh, have some faith that if you're doing the right things and and um. You know, going about life in the right way that things will work out on on their own time. So I think for me, a lot of times, especially coming up, I was so laser focused on having this happen then and that happen then, and and that can cause you stress and frust- and frustration. So I think looking back, I think I would say, you know, trust the process. You know, um, you know, really just just lean into your relationships and and all of the good things that will happen will happen, you know, by virtue of just the way life works. I, like I said, I mean, gr- you know, the grace that we're granted uh, for uh, things that perhaps that we don't even see in ourselves or things that we can't envision that maybe other people envision, it, it's, it's all there ahead of you. So I think I would have that type of conversation, you know, with my, with my younger self.
0: Man, I really appreciate you taking time to be on the show today. This was awesome. Thank you, man. I mean, really, it. it was great to just kind of get to know you even a little bit more. Every time I sit For down sure. with you, I learn a little bit more. And I can't wait to see you do this whole boxing referee thing.
1: And yeah, I yeah, can yeah. be on the side and see you running around that ring. I just, I just get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. A good referee is not supposed to even be seen. Okay. Seriously, if you're watching a boxing match, yeah, you're right. The way you know you have a good ref is if you're not thinking about the ref because a ref lets the boxers do what they're supposed to do. So you want to just keep them in the rules, but don't insert yourself. So if you if, if you see me doing a good job, it's because you can't see you. You can't see me.
0: <laughs> well, thanks again, man. I appreciate <laughs> you, you man. I appreciate
1: Can, man. I'm really proud of you, bro. Thank really you, keep thank up the great work. You, and same, same, here. You, man. Man. Same, same here. Appreciate all you're doing. Thank you, man. Great job with this. I, oh, I really enjoyed it. Thank this. you. It's
0: a lot of fun. Indeed. Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you.